Too crazy for Boys Town. Too much of a boy for Crazy Town. The child was an outcast. When you go to the men's room later, you'll see a sign that says, Gentlemen, pay no heed. Go right in. There's no room that says scoundrel on it. You want to be a thug. You want to smoke weed and play cars all night, punk. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. He has the grace of a swan, the wisdom of an owl, and the eye of an eagle. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is for the birds. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. Welcome back to Not Here to Argue. I am here. Jam is here. You are here. I feel like a couple things have went on since we last spoke. Um, one, maybe two. Actually, exactly two things. Jam, pick a number, one or two. I always get this wrong. One. I'll try again. Two? The Portland Trailblazers are a mess. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're an absolute mess. And I feel like I was trying to remember a time when they weren't like last year. They who they lose to in the playoffs? Nuggets. First, yeah, that's who it was. Um, or some, uh, they lost. That's that's the important thing. That they weren't so much a mess then. Fired Terry Stotts. Okay, I think I don't think he was necessarily the problem, but. He had been there for a while. Maybe you need a new voice. Okay. The GM, um, who apparently the whole time he was conducting a new coaching search was just yelling bad things at people. And now he's not like, just during the coaching search, he was yelling at things at people through his entire tenure as GM. <laughs> and he'd been there like a decade. Like apparently this wasn't new. I don't know what the final straw was, but he's out of there. But the good thing is is that before he left, he selected a coach that no one had any issues with coming in and that all the players seemed to respect. No, my bad. My, I, no, my bad. He hired Chauncey Billups. That's my bad. Um, <laughs> there was a shitstorm about that. Like, whether he should or shouldn't have been hired, whatever. But the way they went about it and the investigation that they say they did, which I feel like was almost immediately proven to either have not happened or been less thorough, than what would uh, one would want. Um, so that was a bad sign. I feel like every, I don't know, it's one of those, I see a tweet and it's like, Chauncey Billups rips the trailblazer and I have to decide, like, is this again? Like, is this a new Chauncey Billups ripping? Like, we have no heart. We're pussies. We're the worst team ever. I would take us all out back and kill us all one by one. And it's like, <laughs> I can't, believe this isn't going well in portland i just can't believe it um dame's been stinking it up and now he's hurt cj mccollum has a collapsed lung i i wouldn't be surprised if that was self-inflicted like cj seems like a nice guy he doesn't want to deal with this shit (laughs) listen nor should he he didn't do it um so now of course, we're back to uh, trade Damian Lillard gate, which I just don't know if it, 
like in your heart, do you think Dame has ever like at any point ever asked for a trade from Portland? I don't think he's explicitly asked for one. I think he's been like, you guys, I think he's probably demanded people, uh, they trade for someone else. But he seems like very adamant about like, I'm going to do it, going to do it my own way. Like, uh, I'm going to stay in one place. Dame, baby, if you're listening, run from the grind, man. I am begging you to run from the grind. This is what happens when you do it their way. Like, is Chauncey Billups going to become a good coach? I don't know. But we're off to a very shaky start. And where – can you uh, give me the standings? I think – I know they're below 500, but I think they're, they're like – I want to say 11th or 12th. Like, not in the play-in mix, not completely outside of it. But I just don't know what's going right for them as of this. I, Nas Little looks pretty good, I guess. Here we go. We're looking at the standings. Portland is number 11, but they're only like legit two games out of three games out of just being in the playoffs. So it's still early. Not a lot of room for fuss. But I just what makes this better? Like Dame's not playing well. If he comes back and gets back to his his old self, they'll play better. But what's stopping them again from just getting like scroll up a little bit? If Portland's completely healthy, are they beating the Warriors in a series? No. Suns? No. Jazz? No. Grizzlies? No. Clippers? No. Lakers? No. Mavericks? No. Nuggets? No. Timberwolves? I don't think so. It'd go to seven in the <laughs> worst close seven series. Games. The worst seven-game series ever. Um, and King, the guy, the honest Kings in front of them so it's like even if this gets back right i just don't know what the ceiling of it is and now apparently dame lillard i guess he wants a new extension but i i clearly don't understand the cba this is why we have jam legal beagle here players can just extend like every two it's like he's got four more years left on his contract tomorrow he can sign on for an extra an extra two years if he wants it's like what it won't go into effect till 2029, 2030. What? Why is that an option? He's like 31. So I don't understand any of this. The team is just like, yeah, you want us to control your future for longer? Come on down. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> like, if you can't show me uh what's Dame's salary? Like, I feel like he legit has at least two more years, like on this current, like after this season. So again, it's like, yeah, he wants the extension. I bet he does. Y'all just gonna hand him money. Y'all want to hand him $50 million a year for when he's much older? I bet he would. Let's see. Zoom this in is the here. first year his big salary kicked I don't in. have my prop glasses today. Um, here we go. Okay. This year, age 31, is making $39 million. 42 next year, 45 the year after that. A player option for what would be 49. Now, the extension I saw was, I think, two years, like 103. It's $50 million a year minimum. I don't know if that would be for... Like it would come after the player option or if it would replace the player option. Either way, it's like if you're just going to keep putting a hundred million dollars in this, I get why he would say yes. Um, would it be the right thing to do per se? Hey, I'm no Neil O'Shea. Motherfucker. Um, <laughs> I mean, you do create a pretty hostile work environment, but no, I definitely not... <laughs> do. You'll shut your mouth and you'll like it. Um, 
And so now we're back to fake Dame trade uh, portion. And I sent you a link. I think it was a – did it let you pull it up? Because as, as I sent, I was like, I think it was a – It's a it's an NBA insider. And okay. I, well, I'm as an, an NBA insider. insider Woo-hoo. Uh, you're all in luck because I've got some of the worst trade <laughs> suggestions I've ever read. <laughs> One in particular is not even kidding. I think it's the worst I've ever read. Um, I'm going to look at these. The first one from Kevin Pelton involves your Boston Celtics. And I know they're your Boston Celtics because you got on a hat that says Boston Celtics. That's right. Um, That's true. Tell me what you think about this one. Boston gets Damian Lillard, C.J. Ellaby, Ben McLemore, Tony Snell, Cody Zeller. Don't say yes already. No, I'm, I'm out on Tony Snell, but <laughs> me and Tony Snell have a long history of not liking each other. He doesn't know about 13 it yet. But... What's, what's, wait, hold on. What's the beef with Snell? I don't know. I just never liked Tony Snell. He's never yeah, – he smells. That's valid. Um, okay, so Boston gets Lillard, Ellaby, McLemore, Snell, Zeller. Portland gets – Juancho Hernan Gomez, Al Horford, Aaron Neesmith, Peyton Pritchard, Dennis Schroeder, 2022 first-round pick, 2024 first-round pick, 2026 first-round pick, 2028 first-round pick, 2028 second-round pick. Or no, excuse me, excuse me, the last pick, uh, like protections on it, where it would convert to a second-round pick if not conveyed. But basically four picks and the poo-poo platter. What say you? So... The Celtics get Damian Lillard basically for free. I'm in. Okay. Uh, I mean, like you get to basically, you don't give up Rob Williams, Jalen Brown, or Marcus Smart. All those guys are still there with Jason Tatum. And like, so your starting lineup is Lillard. Then you put it next to Smart, Tatum, and Brown, which is pretty formidable perimeter and wing defenders. And you still keep Mm -hmm. your like young, cheap, big. They'd have no bench, but like, yeah, no. why not? Okay, so you would do that one. I yeah, I don't I don't see why Portland would do that. Like, yeah, I, what are those picks gonna like? I don't think the Celtics are championship contenders, but I don't think there's any risk of them being like missing the playoffs or being like like lottery picks. I don't, who knows what's gonna happen yeah. in four years? But like, those aren't high value picks. And no, I'm I'm a bigger Neesmith and uh, Peyton Pritchard supporter than there is out there, but like. Trying to sell the Portland fan base on those acquisitions is obscene. Well, hey, I do like the thing. It was like, you know, Peyton Pritchard's from Portland. It's like, I, I mean, I'm sure they would like that. I'm sure they prefer if he was really fucking good. That's what they'd really like. Um, okay. I didn't uh, I didn't think you'd be so gung-ho about that one. Okay. I am skeptical. Uh, I'm not doing it if Damian Lillard signs that extension. Because I was looking you at that. If uh, or unless he signs it. No, if he does. I'm mm. looking at this. He's going to make $48 million when he's 34. I just witnessed what happened to Kemba Walker. Like, can you win a basketball? Like, can you win the championship if with a 34-year-old point guard making close to $50 million? Like, I just think roster construction is doomed automatically. Well, I, I mean, the Celtics will have to pull the trigger to find out, right? I'm willing to roll the dice on <laughs> with someone else's team, someone else's dime. So let's... Uh... Let's have ourselves a study. Um, The second deal. Philadelphia gets Damian Lillard and Cody Zeller. Portland gets Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thibault, 
and a 2022 first round pick. What say you? I don't know. Maxie's kind of falling off. No, all right. Uh, no offense. Who asked you? Besides me. That does seem like a a lot. I don't know. I like. What Dame are we getting though? Like I like that. I just like the pairing of Dame and Joel Embiid. Uh, like the Sixers' biggest problem is they haven't had a reliant fourth quarter scorer, just because Embiid gets tired and like you can kind of throw a bunch of schemes at him. And so mm. I think just Dame and Embiid together, you automatically are like championship contender, just because you're an Eastern Conference contender with just Embiid. And so if you can have like Dame close on top of that, like yeah, why not? That's reasonably fair. I'll say one, if I'm Portland, I'd hang up the phone laughing maniacally. At that like one pick and Tobias come respectfully, but come on, man. Um that's the thing, it's like I don't want mediocre stars back. Just give me like I would rather like the, the Boston deal is at least appealing because they threw in four first round picks. Like Tobias Harris means nothing to anyone, including Philadelphia. Correct. Um and also, it is tough, but you're looking at a backcourt of uh, Damian Lillard and Seth Curry, which great on offense, but listen, Ben Simmons and a Seth Curry backcourt got torched by the Atlanta Hawks. Now you're swapping out Ben Simmons for Damian Lillard? And giving up title? Yeah. I, counterpoint, they would still have Simmons to, in theory, send elsewhere um, for stuff, but there's been no indication of that. So I don't much like that one either. Um, number three, Cleveland gets Damian Lillard and Robert Covington. Portland gets Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro, Kevin Love, ugh, 2022 first round pick, 2022 second round pick, 2024 first round pick. What say you? Like, why would Portland do that? Mm-hmm. isn't uh sexton a like a free agent and so he's coming off acl so like the only value player in that like isaac okoro is decent but it's just like yeah, he's fine um, well i don't understand the incentive at all for well, Sex- to- he's free agent but it'd be restricted so they could either negotiate the deal or match it or they'd have control basically if they want to sign and trade or keep him, whatever okoro nice enough piece Two future picks from Cleveland. At one point, those would be gold, but now they have Evan Mobley. So I also and don't. And you're trading them, Dame. <laughs> yeah, I also don't like Damian Lillard on the Cleveland Cavaliers helps them for sure. But it, like that's like, oh, man, they're ready to take on the Bucks now. I I, I just I don't see that for either side. Um, next. This is this is a doozy. Um, Minnesota gets Damian Lillard, Ben McLemore. Portland gets D'Angelo Russell, Torian Prince, 2024 first-round pick, swap rights in 2025 first-round pick, 2026 first-round pick, and 2028 first-round pick. What say you? A bunch of Minnesota picks are uh, – Listen. That's four, like the most – You have up to four Minnesota picks. That's the best asset I've uh, I've heard so far. 
like in this guy, like the first pick will be unprotected. The swap pick will be top one protected. 2026, top three protected, and then unprotected the next year. 2028, top three protected, and then unprotected. You have a chance to receive up to four unprotected picks from Minnesota. That's a, yeah, why not? And you get rid of D'Angelo Russell. I think I like this one the most. Would the Timberwolves do it? Like, knowing that you're never going to sign a free agent, are you going to give up four draft picks for, like, 31-year-old Dame? I mean, I'd give up Jarrett Culver and Wesley Johnson and four of their non-Cat or Anthony Edwards picks. I, I would. That feels like they could have had the seventh pick that was Kuming in this draft. They weren't going to pick nobody good, you know what I mean? So I, <laughs> they have less value in Minnesota than they do yeah, much, le- much less, <laughs> less value than even cash money. Um, I like that one the most. Um, this can next Dame one, be the best? Dame clearly can't be the best player on a championship team. Like you clearly, if you're doing a trade for Dame, you already have another like more talented guy. Like, I just I'll don't say, know how much of a difference mover Dame is at this point. Well, I'll say I I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean, if he if this is just him now, like he didn't look good in the Olympics. So I imagine I just, like I have to wonder if that injury just ever healed. Like he didn't didn't play a whole lot and hasn't looked good this season. So but again, that's the risk. Is he just is he unhealthy or is he a 31 year old smaller guard with a a lot of my like he plays a lot of games. Um, so there's something to that. A differently constructed roster, I feel like he could be or could be close to like the best player. But Dame, Cat, and Anthony Edwards, like again, what's that getting you? I just don't know what like if I'm if I'm Minnesota and I'm trading for a point guard, I'd go like Simmons is at the very least the same similar age as our guys. We wouldn't have to be like, hey, we have to win like in the next two years before Dame is making $50 million and he's 34. So I get it, but I, again, I wouldn't do it. Like that's the one I like the most of these, and I still don't think I do it. Like, I still don't like it that much. Um, but this this is the last one. I th- Wait, is it? Hold on. Yeah, yeah, this is the last one. This is the one. That some are saying is the worst trade proposal they've ever heard. Some are saying that. I'm some. Portland. No, let me start. Okay. I, I always start. I like to start with where Dame goes. Sacramento. Yikes. Gets Damian Lillard, Patrick Beverly, Tony Snell, Jaden McDaniels, and a 2022 second round pick from Minnesota. Portland gets Tyrese Halliburton, Davion Mitchell, Marvin Bagley III, Tristan Thompson, and a 2023 first-round pick from Sacramento. Minnesota gets Buddy Hield and Cody Zeller. Oklahoma City gets Jake Lehman and a 2022 second-round pick via Minnesota. What say you? I'm just confused, but I didn't like, I think, any of the players named other than, I think, uh, Tyrese Halliburton. I... To be quite frank, I was gonna say I don't see why anyone would do this. Minnesota could use a Buddy Hield, like Minnesota, like Buddy Hield would do well there. Portland would get four current Kings players and one first round pick for Damian Lillard. That just doesn't seem to track for me. What were the four? 
Halliburton, not- Davion Mitchell, Marvin Bagley, and Tristan Thompson. Ugh, Tristan Thompson. That just doesn't make what. <laughs> and- this is the kind of thing where it's like we love round numbers. Where like his editor, he Pelton put in four trade requests and or <laughs> trade ideas, and like we gotta have five. The headline's gotta say five more. trade ideas. No, what? To be fair, each one is from a different. Like the first one was from. Let me see. First one was from Pelton. The Philly one was from Bobby Marks. The Cleveland one was from Andre Snellings. The Minnesota one was your boy Timmy Bontemps. And this one's from Kevin Arnovitz. Arnovitz. Also, also, why the fuck would Sacramento want Damian Lillard? Respectfully. <laughs> Respectfully. You're trading like your last, really your your last three drafts to put Damian Lillard with De'Aaron Fox, who was also having a career worst year. Um, but you get Patrick Beverly and the the snail man. Oklahoma City is in here, but I don't know why Oklahoma City is in here. I just I, what are they I'm getting? Sure They're just getting they a guy. Get, they get Jake Layman and a 2022 second round pick. They don't give up anything. I'm guessing it's just to make the money work, but even Oklahoma Oklahoma City could get Jake Lehman a 20, uh, 22 pick for nothing. I think they'd still be like, I think we're good. We got enough picks. We got enough We got enough guys we don't know for shit. We, I think we're all set. And in, in Sacramento, you would have, it would be the Damian Lillard, De'Aaron Fox, Mo Harkless show. And Rashawn and, Holmes. And if, if you're Portland, you get to basically swap your the, franch, uh, the best player in your franchise history. For four guys, the Kings didn't want, and pick, and a pick. So, I say all that to say all those offers stink, and I wouldn't make a single one of them. But I do think it's like Dame's never going to ask. At a certain point, I think it's going to have to be like, "Hey, we we're trade." Like you don't have to ask. It's not that we'll send you anywhere. You'll have some input, but this is a decision for us. Like this is. We don't have a championship team, and we clearly don't know how to build one. Um, so, you know, move around. You know what I'm saying? So, um, my first call, I would call the New York Knicks. Absolutely. The, where are the Knicks at in the standings currently? Same place as the Trailblazers, 11th. Okay. Okay. Let's see. How much... Uh, that's really wild. Yeah, five games back of the one seed, but they're currently the 11th seed. So Kimball Walker was executed. That should fix 75% of the issues or so I've told. Um, if I'm poor, I will be on the New York Knicks line right now. Like, hey, y'all, I know y'all want to do something desperate. I'm, I'm, I can smell it, man. I can smell it. Especially this year with expectations from, from mm-hmm. Knicks fans. Mm-hmm. I like you can get RJ Barrett and more from that's the what Knicks. I'm like, listen, man. Just give us we'll take RJ Barrett, we'll take Mitchell Robinson, um, either quickly or topping. You guys choose, man. We're really you know what I mean. Uh they've got a Hornets 2022 first round pick. They have a, a 2023 first round pick from the Mavericks, and they still have all their own picks. In pick swaps, that's that'll right. be my that's first right for a deal. Only call. What'd you say? That's just right for a deal. The Knicks like need to make a splash. Um, 
need to make the playoffs. Like if the Knicks don't make the playoffs after last year and like the bing bong guy and all, all the mm-hmm. kind of hoopla that comes with the Knicks, man. Yeah, no, I would call them and then say we're calling a bunch of other teams and then just call the Knicks back. It'd, it'd be money ball. <laughs> Get Thibodeau on line one. Um, it's like willing to trade you Damian Lillard for everything you have. And then you just hang up. That's how you do it. And you wait for Tibbs or I don't know who the next GM. He calls you back and he's like, yes, please, we'll take it. Um, do you want Alec Burks too? And I'll say, yeah. If you just don't, if you're just throwing in Alec Burks, yeah, I'll take Alec Burks. I can move him elsewhere. That would be my first call. And then I would call Philadelphia. It's like, y'all don't, y'all sure y'all don't. I mean, he got another lung, right? Like, surely we can work out some type of CJ and stuff for Simmons. Surely we can make something shake there right like y'all don't want to go into this like cj not playing now simmons not playing now so y'all can wait for him to get healthy and it's like man okay fine we rebuild with simmons and rj and mitchell robinson and all these picks and we tank this year because again they are not far from the bottom like they're they're trying to move the wrong way i'm afraid when it would be Give me the Western Conference. Yeah, here we go. They are four and a half games from the like rock bottom. And below them are the Rockets, who are now the best team in the league. <laughs> the Thunder, who either lose by 75 or beat the shit out of the Lakers. Um, even the Pelicans have been a little frisky lately. Like a quick move, you could get to the bottom of what's gonna be like a really good draft. So I that would be the way I'm thinking, especially like since they did the new lottery rules the last three years, somebody's jumped three spots in the draft lottery every single year. So if you don't get in that top three or four, you can still jump up, but you're still also close enough to get in that top four. And next year, like we'll just go for it next year, man. Maybe we got like Ben Simmons, RJ. We get uh, some Chet Holmgren action and we got all these picks. And Dame can do New York stuff and definitely, definitely not age like Kimba. Definitely not. Um, And CJ McCollum, who makes like $35 million a year to have never made an all-star game. But it'll probably be fine. Those would be the only two calls I make. Because, again, those other trades really upset me. Like, are there any teams that, like, as I look, I just really can't even think of teams, like, they would have one, the, the need for Dame, enough to win if you trade for him, and still enough to trade for him. Like, I... There's no teams that really make sense, because if I'm the Trailblazers, I want picks back, and any team that's going to add Dame is presumably going to be in the playoff hunt and not have the most uh, valuable picks. Although the Knicks are kind of a team that are thinks they're in the playoff hunt and might have more valuable picks. That's if why it's me. I'm just trying to get as many ping ball, ping pong balls as possible for Victor. Bing bong balls. Is what they bing call. bong balls. Yeah. Trade for the Knicks, get as many bing bong balls for Victor. And just like, that's your strategy. I want to have picks two, three, four, and five. Uh, just like in the lottery, just no matter what, doing it all for Victor. Just generational talent doesn't come along. Do everything you can. If you don't get Victor, you resign as GM. No harm, no foul. 
yeah, <laughs> wash my hands of it. Uh, I mean, best case scenario, like you could get maybe you don't get number one, or maybe you do, you might get uh, Big Bank Paulo Bancaro one year and then Victor's the next year. Like, this is it's a multi year plan. Um, but I would absolutely call the Knicks and just wait for them to be desperate because that's just. Just send them a bunch, just like a, a 10 minute, like, Dame, man, look, Dame at Madison Square Garden. Wouldn't that be something? Just send him the shot he hit over Paul George, set to father, stretch my hands, and then just like, mm. <laughs> imagine this, but in New York. <laughs> the tips is just, who I need him. I need him. Um, so there's that. Um, also, okay. Pick a number one or three. Three. Good answer. Good answer. The East Coast Portland Trailblazers, the Indiana Pacers are a mess. They're an absolute mess. They are currently 13th. Now, again, to be fair, there's there are a couple games in from the play-in. Um, but to be also fair, they're not a very good team. And I don't know how this could have happened. They hired Rick Carlisle, who we say it a lot, but again, legitimately in the past three weeks, I've heard that he's one of the, quote, one of the best coaches of all time and quote, that he's a top five coach right now. I don't believe either of those things to be true. And you know how I know they're not true? Because the Pacers are three and 12 this year in games that have been within five points in the final five minutes. Three and 12. That's not good. For our, for our less uh, numerically inclined listeners, and they have an expected record of fourteen and twelve. The, our friend Pythagoras. Um, but here's the thing: they have a real record of eleven and sixteen. <laughs> so, a home court in the Pythagorean playoffs, thirteenth seed in the real life playoffs. And apparently they're ready to finally start making some trades. Um, I would trade everybody. I took the I accepted the job yesterday, and it was like, what, "What are you going to do first? I'm trading everybody. Malcolm brought he can't be traded till 2022 because he just signed another extension, which felt like a weird timing extension. But what? Uh, I feel like I could. I feel like I could put Brogdon on your Celtics. Oh yeah, like you, the same haul you just traded for the, all, the four picks, all the nine guys, all that. Just send that for uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Maybe maybe less for Malcolm Brogdon, <laughs> but maybe a, a little bit less. Okay, but... all right. Look, okay, same package, but I'll throw in Karis Levert. Let's call it in. We can call it in. I'll call, call it. it. Don't, no, no, yeah, I'll call it. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's just a thing where, and I think it's been true for literally the last like four years. It's like there's just such a hard ceiling on this team, and it's just not a very high one. But the Pacers also don't tank. Like that's just that's Midwest integrity. Yeah, yeah, it's really dumb. I wish I wish they would. <laughs> I wish they would tank. You know when the last time the Pacers made a draft pick inside the top 10 was? No, I can't remember one. 1989. 
Holy wow. Which might explain why you can't remember. Might explain they, why the Pacers haven't been very good since what, 1994. Like the, or... They just don't tank. And I think it's part of the like the ownership, the Midwest. They're not going to show up to watch, you know, a 15 win team. And it's like, are they going to show up to watch a 11 and 16 uh, win team? And I think it's a testament to them that they've been like in the mix that much. Like they've missed since 1989, they've missed the playoffs seven times, which is very impressive considering like the Wolves, the Suns, they were going like decade plus, like 10 years plus without making the playoffs. And they've missed it seven times. They drafted Paul George. They get a lot of respect for drafting Paul George. They do. They like they consistently cobble it to get like picks outside or like 10 or later. They I feel like they draft and develop guys pretty well, which would leave. I feel like that'd be even more reason. Like, hey, let's get a, a blue chip talent in here. Like if we could get Paolo or Chet. The Chet Holmgren jersey would immediately sell out in Indiana. Like, I don't think there's any question there. But now it's like, which which big do they trade? And as many people know, I've tried to get Miles Turner on every single team in the league. Every single one. And I'm not going to stop now. I'm not going to stop now. But I think I think the Hornets have to do it. I think they have. They're fourth they in offense. need they're a center. <laughs> fourth in offense. They're 20th in defense. They're dead last in rebounds per 100 possession. And Miles Turner, act, like for the Pacers, it's very easy to break them all up. Nobody makes more than like twenty-two million dollars. They just have a, a lot of the mid mid-tier salaries. It's like every team should have one. The Pacers just want all of them. Well, that's all the like. The Pacers are just a bunch of mid guys. That's just why, mid, why, yeah, just mid Middington. So I like Plumley and Ish Smith, and then Kay Jones or pick whatever. Throwing a future first if you have to. I just feel like Miles Turner, who's having a career offensive and rebounding year, and now is a, per the athletic, is fed up um, with his role there. If you get him out, you could go legit five out around LaMelo Ball. And between he, you still have you still have P.J. Washington backup center. It's like you could legit just have five at all times. And we're looking at the athletic article where basically Miles Turner is like, I basically did everything they wanted me to. And it's not working. Um, I want to try to do some more stuff, which I don't think is an unreasonable. Like, it's one thing if they were doing it's like, hey, man, Miles, we're one seed every year. We're competing for championships, man. They're not. They're 11 to 16. So he's like, listen, I want to I want to dribble between my I want to put something on the gram, too, man. But I don't know if they go Turner or Sabonis. I felt I thought they would go yeah. Turner. I think Sabonis is a better, like just a more skilled player. I don't think that's much of a debate. But I also feel like every single team is looking for somebody that can protect the rim and shoot threes. And Miles Turner's been available for like three years, and everybody's like, "Nah, not him." Like there, there's that elite top five coach guy. Rick Carlisle, yeah. Um, That's going to be the new background of my computer to remind uh, me to prepare. Uh, yeah, poorly. Um, I'm a top five law student in my class. <laughs> per Tim Bontemps uh, in the Hoop Collect. Uh, 
like I was just looking through this, like guys that can legit shoot like 35, 36, like even just average from three and get you like a block and a half, two blocks. It's just not a long list. Um, Joel Embiid can do it. I don't think he's on the table. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. Chris Boucher did it last year and then is having just a not good year this year. Pal Horford could have did it once upon a time. The shot's not falling as much, a little long in the tooth. Brooke Lopez has a bad back, which feels, I don't know. He's over 30 and a massive human being, so a bad back doesn't feel like a, a good thing. And then there's Miles Turner, who's this year shooting 67% on two-point field goals and 40% on three-point field goals and leading the league in blocks again. And still it's like people are like, ah, I think we're good. I think it's the exact thing we're looking for, but uh, 18 million, hey, that's a little stiff. And it's like, uh, Eric Blesso make more money than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Eric Fournier just got 20 million per. I'd much rather have Miles Turner than that. Davis Bertans, like, it, it's, this doesn't feel like the thing to be picky about. Looking at Miles Turner's contract, and he's, okay, so he's got this year, 17 and a half million next year, 17 and a half. He's also years. I think it's year seven for him. And he's still 25, which is just kind of wild after a year in college, which just seems wild. So you get him this year, next year, then unrestricted free agency. Again, Steven Adams makes more than this. Like this, I, that just doesn't feel like a, an outrageous sum for, for miles Turner. No, but that's also, like under $20 million for a legitimate like starter in the NBA, especially one who's like for the Hornets so they have clear uh, position of need. Like they just got absolutely ran over by uh, Joel Embiid because they just have no centers. Like P.J. Washington can't do anything against Joel. No. Not that Miles Turner's like a, oh, yeah, like, a Joel stopper. Miles Turner like, can't either, but listen, it's 20 20- – like Jokic and B is probably a couple more. The other 25, he's gonna keep shit on lock. We're on the trade machine now. Who uh I'm just trying to see what salaries the, the Hornets have to do to to match, but it's seven like 175 is not hard to match at all. Like especially when you have Kelly Oubre already making 12. I'd say Oubre could do it. I'd prefer to keep Oubre, but I'm t- like Plumley, Cody Martin, or Ish Smith, one of those. And then you could go like Kay Jones, who was their first round pick this year, or like a future first or whatever. Like it's it's not hard to cobble this together to where the Hornets would still have like multiple ball handlers, multiple shooters, still have some athleticism. He fits their like age window. And again, they already don't rebound. So this is not it's not like, man, he, we're taking away one of our strengths. No, we're actually we're not. So I, I feel like they – uh-oh, we tried a trade and it failed. Well, can't, Ish Smith can't be traded till the 15th. So Okay, we'll can, get his ass out of there. <laughs> we need we needed this trade to happen tomorrow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do not have some what, four days to wait. Um, <laughs> I think Charlotte should be in there. And if Charlotte's not going to do it, I think the Raptors should be in there immediately. For Siakam? Me, you might not even need to do Siakam. That's what I said. I was like, I don't think it would take that much. But on the flip side, 
if the Pacers are just like the Pacers just don't tank, they're just not going to tank. You could do a lot worse than Sabonis at the five, Siakam at the four. You can do a whole lot worse than like two legit skilled guys, all star guys. Make it up. Siakam makes a lot of money, but Sabonis doesn't. So it, it's not really hurting your cap space. And then Miles Turner just like that's really the only thing they don't have. Like they have guards, they've got wings, they got youth. They know they can find people in the second round or late first, whatever. They don't really have that center. And I think they were like right above the Pacers or the Raptors, the 10 seed now. Yeah, they're like one game. They're right around there. Um, I feel like they, I guess I, I don't know the delay. And I remember like when he came to the draft, it was some concerns about Miles Turner's gait. Like they said, he like walked funny and it was going to cause some issues. And hey, maybe so, maybe so. But for like this year and next year, to reevaluate that, get him in office, see how he walks, throw some shit at him while he's walking to see, you know what I'm saying? Just see what kind of dexterity he's got. And he's your center. I don't, I, I'm really trying to figure out like, like what I'm missing. If they can get him without giving up Siakam and their starting lineup is Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, OG, Pascal and Miles Turner, like that's, and you still got Gary Trent in there. That's no, pretty actually, scary. No, okay. Like top six, set, maybe Gary Trent, but how much does Drogic make? I think Drogic is the main one to be traded. He's he makes more than uh, he makes nineteen four with a team option. Like I don't know why. Well, I okay, listen, Drogic just do it. Drogic straight up, throw some picks in there. A young guy, if you want, works what? easily. I'm glad you said I had to go back and look and see like what's the market for like centers like Plumley, Plumley and the 37th pick were traded for the 57th pick Capella and Jared Allen each went for a first round pick and a second round pick Vucevic that's the one that might hurt the mark he went for like Wendell Carter Jr. and two first I and now like he stinks <sighs> um listen I was trying to tell the Bulls fans they were like we want Miles Turner with Vucevic and I'm like counter Miles Turner instead of Vucevic. Um, but they uh, they really like Vucevic. He's a fine player. But I feel like you like Drogic, a first and a second. Is that, I feel like that's fair. Right? Like, is it? Why not? Yeah. Like, I think we, as long as you get, like, a good first, like, and I don't think the Raptors are going to be – Great this year. Even if they do get Miles Turner, like I don't think he's gonna turn their I think he, fortunes like, around. Like, play in playoff, like that's yeah, like a high lottery pick. Yeah. So it's and again, I don't know how much. Like apparently, you've been trying to trade this guy and nobody wants. I don't know how much better the market's going to get. So I feel like one of those two teams should do it. Be like y'all gonna. Y'all gonna fuck around and let the Warriors get him, man. Just was like, really? Nobody wanted him. Kevin Looney in uh, the 28th pick in the 2024 draft. Uh, got it done. Pelicans, I thought about, but if Zion's just not gonna play there again, then I mean, what's even the point? Um, okay, I got one thing left. Pick a number. One. Good answer. Nailed it. Anthony Edwards, who is. He's trying to become a baby boy so bad. There's literally one criteria. He doesn't meet it. 
and still I consider it daily. Um, but people are not familiar. Last night, the Timberwolves played the Jazz, and afterwards, there is a just a, a, a tremendous clip of Anthony. Like if you, I know I've asked this before. If you play this now, will they be able to hear it? I believe so. Okay, let's play. It's not that long. Can you hear that? No. Oh, I'll fix uh, that. If you, you you just monologue for a good. Yeah, two minutes. I mean, if you just scroll, I'll just read it while you're uh, fix it. Oh, here we now here we go. Okay, okay so Minnesota played the Jazz last night, and Anthony Edwards after the game discussed how Carl Anthony Towns need to deal with double teams. And he was telling me he's like you like you have to go quick. Right. Like he's like, what you're doing is waiting for the double team. By the time it comes, like he's like, they're not rotating off me. They're forcing other people to make him work. Let's do we have the Ant Man? Oh, no, I told Cat. We've got the Ant Man. Um, you got to go quick. Um, I told him at halftime, like, you waiting on the double. Like, you telling him, yeah, come double me. Now it's like, you're the best player, best player on the floor. They take you out of the game. Then when they double you, they not rotate. They stand with me and making everybody else beat themselves. So I just told him, like, you got to go quick. Like, if you watch, and I told him this, like, he knew I told him this. I'm like, if you watch Joel and B play, you have to double Joel and B. Like, there's nobody in the league that can guard him. So mm-hmm. he goes quick. Like, you can't double him because he catches and goes quick. Like, so I told Cat, like, you catch the ball and, and you holding it. Like, you waiting for the double. Like, you telling him to come double me instead of just catching it and going. Like, he can't guard you. And I told him, like, it's disrespectful for them to put number three for him, bro. Like, that's disrespectful. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he he know. He know he got to kill all of them. Like, the best one on the floor every night. He got to kill them. Mass murderer, Carl Anthony Towns. Um, He's not wrong. One, not wrong at all. Two, funny to your boy how the team with the three-time defensive player of the year is uh, sending double teams. I mean, I don't <laughs> – call it what you want with me. And I was like, did Gobert not play last no, night? He, he was there. And uh, I think Cat had 22 points on like 7 of 11 shooting. Not very defensive player of the year uh, standard at all. The 40 – or whoever he's like, they can't guard you was uh, Bogdanovich, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. And, again, he's exactly right. And I said last night, in all seriousness, that's what leadership looks like to me, right? There's a way to get it across. Like, you can go the Jimmy – I feel like Jimmy Butler probably said the same things in a much different way. Um, but part – like, you have to understand your your personnel, right? There are – I just always think back of the Spurs. Like, Popovich with Tony Parker is like, you yell at Tony Parker one time, you're going to lose him, right? Like, he drops his head. He starts making mistakes. He's playing scared. You lose him for a month. Tim Duncan, you could call look him right in his eyes and call him everything but his name. <laughs> and he's just like, you're right. Like, like I want you – why aren't you shooting more from half court? And he, you're right, coach. Like, you have to know who to say what to. And I think Cat needs the Anthony Edwards part because he said – he's like, listen, I told him this. They can't guard you. That's the – like, the ultimate message is that they cannot guard you. I feel like that's what Butler was – like, why aren't you – why aren't we better? They can't guard you. And there's two ways to do it. And it's what, like, Jimmy Butler is six years older than Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony Edwards is six years younger than Carl Anthony Towns. But I feel like everybody either knows somebody or, like, grew up, somebody had, like, the little big brother. 
or the big little brother. You know, he's like, eh, no, he's four years younger than me, but two feet taller than me. And well, 10 my, years wiser. 10 years wiser. That's the Anthony Edwards I love because he's a great interview for one, because he's just naturally a funny person. But because of stuff like that, he was like, I don't think he was saying anything. He wasn't saying it to make Towns look bad. I, I don't think he said anything. Like he wasn't shitting on him or anything. Because the ultimate message was they can't guard you. And if they put whichever Bogdanovich that is on you, that's disrespect. And it's like Jimmy Butler has a way, the Jimmy Butler way. But it also, because he's that six years older, the urgency, you know, his window looks a little different. And the air was like, I'm, I play like 80 games. Like I'm here for the long haul uh, or until the Timberwolves piss him off and he requests a trade to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, but in the meantime, that's what leadership looks like. And it was, it was much appreciated um, to see that. So, Ant, you're doing great. I read your emails. I can't make you baby boy of the week. I can't. He's asking. He said, where is this? Make me baby boy of the week. Maybe baby boy of the week. I said, how the fuck did you get this email address? It's neither here nor there. But I can't do it. But you are doing great. And I think people should know that. Baby girl of the week. Baby girl of the week. Jam sound for baby girl of the week. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if you're hip to that. Um, Masai Russell. Now, Masai Russell, if you're unfamiliar, she's a senior in track and field at the University of Kentucky. So she checks the criteria. Gatorade Athlete of the Year in high school. First team All-American on the 4 by 400 competing in the Olympic trials and all that. But none of that holds a flame because now she is baby girl of the week, which is surely her crowning achievement. But why she's baby girl of the week. The WWE has gotten in on name, image, and likeness. Um, so she has been selected part of the uh, Next in Line program. I said, what is the Next in Line program? So it's a comprehensive program that serves to recruit and develop potential future superstars and further enhances the WWE's talent, talent development process through collaborative partnerships with college athletes from diverse athletic backgrounds. All partnerships will feature access to a state-of-the-art performance center in addition to resources across the organization, including brand building, media training, communications, live event promotion, creative writing, and community relations. Upon completion, they'll have a chance to sign a WWE contract XYZ. But it sounds like in the meantime, she's getting the bag. Um, she tweeted, she was like, I'm not going to be wrestling in nobody's ring. Um, she wanted to put that to bed and I'm, I'm glad she did but in the meantime, she just gets a place to train she's a health science major like maybe she makes some some inroads there maybe she does end up taking it in the ring maybe she keeps doing olympic trials and making all america either way she's baby girl of the week messiah you're, you're doing great you're doing just tremendous it's like an internship except you actually get paid <laughs> yeah and at the end it's like hey if you want to come work here that's cool if you don't that's also cool. It feels like the best kind of intern. She's not in debt to them uh, for much of anything. So salute to her. And again, Brandon Boston Jr., man, I, you're, 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 you're trying to get a second baby boy of the week out of me. Not yet. I got to keep you hungry. 
I gotta keep you. I think he's still getting buckets on your Celtics, Jan. He is. And the Celtics are still turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you did you see this uh infographic going around the interwebs? Hit me. Playing against a city with your name. Okay. Now, this irrationally upset me because the number one person on the list is Antonio McDice playing against the San Antonio Spurs. Yes, the San Antonio his, McDices. His uh, name is not San Antonio McDice. Are we sure? There's one of those, like, uh, again, Dwayne Bill Parcells. It's like San Antonio uh McDice. Maybe for him, but not for San Antonio Daniels or San Antonio Davis. <laughs> we got Allen Houston playing Houston, Orlando Woolridge, a lot of Antonios, uh, York Larice, fire name alert. Um, Byron Houston, Dallas. Dallas come guys. <laughs> I like that guy. Need a jersey. Um, and here we have Brandon Boston Jr. One game played 26 minutes. 27 points. How does that work? I'm sure you watch more of that game than I did. How did that – more points than minutes? How does that work? He was just in everything. Mm-hmm. And this – he had 46 in the G League earlier mm-hmm. this week, and he was just cooking. Mm-hmm. The Celtics went from having the best defense in the league for like two weeks, and now they just – they can score now, but now they just can't play defense. It's one wonder I mean, they, them. They can, just not on Brandon Boston, Massachusetts, Jr. Oh, no. San Antonio McDice. That's preposterous. <laughs> it's I mean, dumb. To it's me, that's absurd. <laughs> but speaking of turnovers, um, I don't know if anyone said, but speaking of it, give me, can you show me the picks for tonight? I want to make some picks. I want to make some picks. Because it's Minnesota and Pittsburgh yeah. for the Thursday night game. And you talk about just a real piece of shit game. Ben Roethlisberger versus Kirk Cousins. And I had the Kirk Cousins hive uh, yelling at me this week. I regret none of it. Didn't the Vikings lose last week? Yeah, they to did. The, to uh, the Detroit? <laughs> to the previously 0-10-1 Detroit Lions. That should close the hive. The hive should be removed uh, and the queen should go somewhere else. <laughs> it's only empowered them more. Um, I tweeted in the first quarter, the Vikings were losing, but again, this is a Detroit team that has just found several ways to lose games. I tweeted, shame on you if you ever believed in Kirk Cousins, because I never have, and I never will. And then it looked like they were going to win, and Kirk Cousins' hive was active. It's like, oh, this, oh, this didn't age well. And they retweeted with the thinking emoji. Uh, and then they fucking lost. And those tweets started getting literally deleted. So like I said, I will never, ever, ever, ever believe in Kirk Cousins. And the good thing about that is that next year his uh, salary cap hit is $45 million, good for third best in the league. So money well spent to Kirk Cousins' hive. I'm sure that won't affect the team at all. But in the meantime... Well, in the meantime, underdog are cowards for not letting me uh, bet take the over on Kirk Cousins' interception and Roethlisberger's interception. That's how many that... people do you think had the over on Mac Jones' passing yards last week? Ooh, 
risk team suckered them all in. It's probably Over, like 20. Uh, uh, seven and a the, half yard, yeah. And the win predicted for a week so ahead is like just sucker bets. <laughs> Listen, they it's why the risk team headquarters is made of marble um, and not shabby wood. They do their homework where I refuse to do my homework. I will take Kirk 257 and a half passing yards. I'll take the over because his numbers aren't the numbers look great. That's not my issue with Kirk Cousins. My issue is the winning. <laughs> 226 and 1 I think is the number when he goes into a, a game like leading or excuse me losing in the fourth quarter. That's why it's like it's all good when you call your first 15 scripted plays when things are going well. He's fine. He's not trash. He's I think he's I think he's comfortably mid, but he doesn't make mid money. He makes elite money and he is not elite. I'll take the over because he does the numbers. And if he hits the under, then I'm really going to be on his neck. Um, Roethlisberger. I just he ain't throw an interception last week and he's. I just don't like him, so I'm going over <laughs> there. Um, yeah, I don't. <laughs> Normally, I gotta fade you, but like that's that's yeah. just good for the whole, good for yeah, the soul. Uh, that's just regular. But I also want to pair it. We got a couple uh, NBA games tonight. We have got, which I think is this interesting, Galaxy Brain stuff by Anthony Edwards. Utah plays Philadelphia tonight. Just yesterday, he's pumping cat up type. You know, watch Joel Embiid. You think Joel Embiid didn't hear that? So the Joel Embiid points, rebounds, assists, 40 and a half? He's going to get that on points alone. I think that's what I'm saying. His last game, 32, 8 and 4. Previous, 43, 15 and 7. Previous, 28, 12 and 4. So 48 and a half, day after he got hyped up against Rudy Gobert. Give me that. Give me that. So this is this is overdog. Uh, slip here over on Roethlisberger's interception over on Kirk Cousins passing yards I'll God help me I won't watch a single minute of that game oh and it'd be 40, sick in the head if you did 40 and a half I, like I know this is the game yeah you're going under Jam's going under he's a smart man if you're listening to this well I'll, I'll tweet this so in time you you should go under this is the oh man go Bears got him beat in hell he didn't have a single basket <laughs> But I'm going over there. We're going to lock that one in. We're going to lock that one in. I like the. Uh, I like to get a little mix it in. Right. I was like, I like to lose some money on, ba- on basketball, on football, baseball. I lost some money on that. So I like to really, uh, really spread it around at the risk team headquarters. None of the other ones really jumped out at me. But once I saw Embiid was playing Gobert immediately after that. I had to. I had to. Uh, one last thing before we close. I feel like I'd be re- uh, remiss if I didn't say this. First, Jam, do you know who Buck O'Neill is? Like, are you familiar? Uh, baseball player? Once upon a time, yes. Yes. Um, well, the, okay. So Jam's the number one Buck O'Neill fan. I'll let him take it from here. <laughs> no. Buck O'Neill recently made the Hall of Fame. We're looking at a tweet from the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Welcome to Cooperstown, Buck O'Neill. Now, if you're not familiar, Buck O'Neill, he played, I think, like a decade plus in the Negro Leagues, was an all-star and a Negro League champion in 1942, 
All-Star in 1943. Missed the 1944 and 45 seasons uh, because World War II. World War II. And he was a Navy man. He served his country. After that, like he man, he became a manager. He managed the Negro League team to some titles. He helped establish the Negro Baseball Hall of Fame uh, currently in Kansas City, which would be a real shame if Whiskers made his way out there, ate some of that barbecue Kansas City has to offer and toured the uh, Negro League Hall of Fame. A real shame. But I say all that not as, you know, Black History Fact of the Month, but because Buck O'Neill's been dead for over a decade and just made it to the hall of fame just made it to the hall of fame he died in october 2006 at the age of 94 since then since he died he's received the presidential medal of freedom the first annual beacon of life award by major league baseball the buck o'neill lifetime achievement award presented by the baseball hall of fame the missourians hall of fame the Buck O'Neill Bridge in Kansas City. And now he is a 2022 Baseball Hall of Famer. That pisses me off to no end. To no end. Because what did he do in the past 15 years to earn these things? No, they're just giving him out. He didn't do anything. I've done more for Kansas City in the past 15 <laughs> years uh, than Buck O'Neill. No, I say give people their flowers while they can smell them, man. Like there's a, there's a book which I I want I feel like I have somewhere but haven't read The Soul of Baseball by Joe Posnanski and this is a quote from it, it said one of uh, O'Neill's greatest achievements was working with the Baseball Hall of Fame to ensure proper recognition of former Negro League players many of whom were later enshrined as a result of his efforts O'Neill's own entry was considered by many to be assured but at the book's end O'Neill received news that the Hall of Fame decided not to induct him as a member. His inclusion was denied by one vote. Soon after hearing the news and shortly before the book even published, O'Neill died at the age of 94. Missed the Hall of Fame by one vote while he was alive. And of course, he gave the, you know, I've done I've done enough. Don't cry for, for old Buck. I will. Because I think it's BS. That he he got a bridge, man. They The first annual, they was like, man, this guy died. We got to start some. We got to start a Beacon of Life Award um, and a Lifetime Achievement Award for a man that they gave none of this while he was still alive. So they at least have to release the name of the one guy who voted to not let him in. That would and, be closer to justice. And when I go to Kansas City, I'm running his fade. I feel like that's it's, it's what Buck would have wanted. Um, so salute to Buck. They did the same. Many Minoso just made it in the first Cuban baseball player he has since passed uh, and just made it in and all the other players that <laughs> will immediately i think ron santo like died and they were like man you know what they're right now that guy was all right when you look at the numbers uh before i think it was cancer or something like he had to get like he was getting like limbs amputated and they were like no go then he died and they were like ah you know what i think he's uh i think he's a hall of famer it's a damn shame They'll bring flowers to your funeral, but they, they won't bring you soup while you're sick. So I say that to say, give your people your flowers while they can smell them. Congratulations to Buck O'Neill. Whoever didn't vote for Buck O'Neill, you're going to smell my cologne soon and very soon uh, when I tour the Negro League Hall of Fame with a just a, 
a slab of brisket on my shoulder like the one that tipped over fred flintstone's car um so that'll do it for this week for myself for jam for underdog not for cooperstown because uh, they have terrible brisket there just the worst um i'm i'm glad buck's not around to to taste some of that horrible brisket uh they got up in cooperstown but salute to the og buck o'neill we'll catch y'all next week